don't care what day he was born on. I just care that he was born. I don't celebrate a day. I celebrate the person. And I just join in uh, with the celebration because the world recognizes his birth. And I'm going to roll on that. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and first off, a very Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Glad that you've tuned in today, and we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. As Pastor Ford just pointed out, we're just celebrating today because it's the day that society has chosen to celebrate on, but what we are celebrating specifically is the birth of Jesus and what that means for all of us as individuals. You know, Christmas is just one part of a much larger story. Uh, I know there's a pastor who says the Bible story is the story that begins in a garden, it ends in the city, all the way through it points to Jesus. And, and birth is just one of those chapters in that story. Because ultimately, it's the coming of Jesus that leads to his sinless life, his death on the cross, his rising from the grave, and the victory and forgiveness that can be ours in Christ. So we do celebrate Jesus' birth today but we celebrate even more than that what his birth means in the overall big picture of the Bible story. So I hope you will open your Bible to Micah chapter 5 as we dive into a message entitled, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Here is Pastor Ford. Notice secondly with me, not just the intervention at Bethlehem, Judah, is all about Jesus Christ. Notice the identification of Bethlehem, Judah. We talking about, it says... O thou Bethlehem of Flata. Now get this. Bethlehem means holler it out. House of bread. So you get that? The bread of life, John 6, was born in the house of bread. I like that. God does that. See, I'm not the only one who likes alliteration and aphorisms. But then Aflata, who knows what it means? Fruitfulness. And then everybody knows what Judah means. Come on praise get that there's your three-point sermon right there the person of christ provides we ought to praise yeah yeah now 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 i'm gonna leave that alone because i could work that one but here's what i want to work why two names why not just said oh thou bethlehem okay let me ask you a question i want to get you in here i want to get you in this sermon if I said, and I want you to respond, I got to tell you I want you to respond because you don't even respond when I say I want you to respond. So I want you to know I want you to respond. If I said Washington, what would you say? Okay, my question is, why didn't you say Indiana? If I say Paris, what would you say? Why didn't you say Mississippi? Uh, if I say Hollywood, what would you say? Uh, why didn't you say Florida? Uh, if I say Lima, why didn't you say Ohio? There's a Lima in Ohio. If I say Albany, why didn't you say Georgia? There's an Albany in Georgia. If I said Springfield, why didn't you say Massachusetts? Because there's a Springfield, Massachusetts. Pittsburgh. You better not miss that. You better not mess that up. Okay, let me try this again. Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, why didn't you say Kansas? 
because there's a Pittsburgh in Kansas. Chicago. Well, why didn't you say Wisconsin? Because there's a Chicago, Wisconsin. I'll tell you why we didn't. We said what was the most popular usage. That's why he says Bethlehem of Flata, because there were two. There was Bethlehem in Galilee, that's in the north, seven miles from Nazareth. I've been in both places. I just want to tell you that. But this Bethlehem of Flata is in Judah in the south. Now get this, in Joshua chapter 19, it's listed for the first time in scripture. But in Joshua chapter 15, it's not listed. Now, there are a couple reasons. One, they're taking the census. And so this city then was one that was not very inhabited at that time. They didn't list it. The other reason is nobody wanted it. They're claiming cities, nobody wanted it. It's the city that nobody wanted. So in Nehemiah 11, when they take the census of the cities, it's not even included there. And that's some thousand years later. So it has always been something that is insignificant. But if you look at it, there are things that happened there. What happened there? Rachel died and was buried there. Ruth, uh, that's where she was. Uh, David was anointed there as king. David, remember, uh, had refreshing water there. Now Micah says that's where the king is coming from. Man, you see what I'm trying to tell you? That God has taken the insignificant and made it significant. Man, that's what I love about my God. You see, you see, you didn't get the impress of that because if you did, you would relate it to yourself. Okay, think about it. God delights in using little things. Oh, thou Bethlehem Ephrata, little are you. Hey, are you little enough to become big enough for God to use? See, the problem is some of us are not small enough for God to use. We're too big. Yeah, but he uses the little things. He delights in doing that. Okay, let me run the roll. I'm just going to run the roll. Moses, you have Pharaoh after you, Ramesses II. So God says, Moses, uh, you and me, we're going to take care of them. How are we going to do it, God? Uh, you, me, and that stick in your hand. The average one of us it. Huh? Oh, no. It ain't in my hand no more. Uh-uh. You got to give me something better than that. You got to give me. And God said, no. Me, you, and a stick going to defeat Pharaoh's army. Here's David. And, and he's 17 or 18 years old. 16, 17, or 18. And Goliath comes in. All the soldiers are afraid of him. We know that he wasn't uh, uh, military age because you got to be 20 to fight. And he wasn't, he wasn't in the war, so he wasn't 20. And, and so what does he do? God, him, a slingshot, and a rock. Now, not the kind you smoke, but the kind you throw. <laughs> Defeated Goliath. 
Naaman's leprosy, how was it cleared? Because God said there's a little captive girl who can tell you how to get healed. And that little girl who was a slave girl told that powerful man how to go into Israel and talk to the prophet and get healed. I always tell you that that little boy's Happy Meal lunch fed over 15,000 people. And go through scripture and see that God used little things, insignificant things. I tell you, that makes me happy. Uh, because when I look at what God has done in my own personal life and how he uses me, I just can't believe it. But that's what the Bible says. It says that God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the base things of the world. Not many mighty are called, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Why do you do that, God? First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence man that's it i take great satisfaction in knowing that i can be used by god in a significant way how about you hmm now let me say one other thing all those illustrations i used did you notice something how many you notice something else okay, ain't nobody gonna raise their hand i ain't gonna call on you Here's what I noticed. I know you saw it, Deke. You know what I saw? Everything he used, Samson and the jawbone, he looked around and saw the jawbone, and he picked it up and said, that's all I got. And God said, that's all you need. So guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Here's what I noticed. I know you did, Deke. It was what they already had. He ain't telling them to go get something. He ain't telling them they need more money. They need more people. They... It was what they had. God ain't looking to use you for what you don't have. God is looking to use you for what you do have. Is, is, there, is there anybody in here that knows what I'm talking about? Don't be talking about, I don't know this and I don't have this. God said, I ain't asked you for none of that. What you got in your hand? What do you have as a resource that I already gave you? That's what I can use. Oh, anyway, okay, all right, okay. If he can use a baby to change the whole world. Now, you know we wouldn't have done it that way. At least I wouldn't if I was God. Or oh, would have been a big fanfare, baby. It, nobody would have ever forgotten my entrance. It would have been grand. Pumping circumstances. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. And if you know him at all, you probably nod in your head saying, yeah, it probably would have been grand. Well, thanks for tuning in on this Christmas Day as we're in a message entitled, A Little Town of Bethlehem. And if you ever miss uh, part of a broadcast or maybe a previous broadcast in a series, today would be a great day to head to our website and to listen to uh, those programs you may have missed. Just to go back and catch up, just come to treasuretruthradio.org. But right now, we need to continue the teaching. Again, here's Pastor Ford. Now, notice, let me give you the last two. Let's get up out of here. Notice, not just the intervention at Bethlehem Judah, not just uh, the identification of Bethlehem Judah. Notice the importance of Bethlehem Judah. Now, I'm going to bottom line this one for real. I know I always say that, but I am, because I, I, I think it, it, it just says it itself. Okay, let me read it again. But thou, Bethlehem of Frata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. Did you hear what I said? I emphasize unto me the importance 
of Christ and our salvation is secondary. The primary reason he came, well, let me let him say it. He said, lo, is written in the volume of the book. I come to do thy will, O God. God says, it's for me, 1 Samuel 16, 1. Samuel, go out there, for I have found a king for myself. Not for Israel. Now, I hope you're not missing this. I hope you're not missing it. For myself, for me. God, wait a minute, wait a minute. And bring this forth unto me. Why? Here's the bottom line. What gives Bethlehem its importance that what's coming out of it, the person of Jesus Christ, is for God and his glory? Now, let, let, me just, let me just tell you what that means for you and I. That means if you're asking for something that does not glorify God uh, but gifts you first, you ain't getting it. That everything we do ought to be for his purpose. It ought to be under him. That God is to be glorified in everything the scripture says. And so it tells us that we ought to pray for God's glory. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. One, some of us, we wonder, where God at? He ain't showed up. And God is saying, I ain't showing up till you show up. I'm not going to give you what you want until you first give me what I want. And when you give me what I want, then I'll give you what you want. But if you ain't going to give me what I want, I'm not giving you what you want because everything is for me first. You want to get married, you ought to do it for the glory of God. You want to do ministry, you ought to do it for the glory of God. And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do some, do most, do all, finish it to the glory of God, to the glory of God. For thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We studied it before. Let me say it and then move on. Remember we studied before? We talked about the fact that uh, when you look at Hannah, remember? Hannah been praying, give me a baby, give me a baby, give me a baby, Lord. Year after year, no baby. When she get the baby, when her prayer changed, when her prayer said, if you give me a baby, I'll give it back to you. That's what God wanted. God wanted Samuel. His name means asked of God. And so when she conceded and said, you know what? I keep asking for a baby, but let me just tell him, if you give me one, I'll give it back to you. And she did it. She did it. <laughs> Lord, if you get everything back in order, I'm coming back to church. I'm going to stay there. Lord, you get my finances fixed and I'm going to tithe. Lord, you get that church straightened out and you get people to lead like they're supposed to and I'm going to do my ministry. She gave God what he wanted. Question on the floor is, have you? Let me give you the last one. You've been so gracious. Now, there are two others. I'm going to let them go because yet is a point. Yet is a point now. I'm letting you know I'm being nice to you because I'm sweating too. I done preached three times, so I'm going to let that go. And then ruler in Israel, I'm going to let that go. Go ahead, everybody say at the same time, you're such a nice pastor. <laughs> Here's the last one. I had six points, I'm giving you four of them, but I gave y'all them. Here's the last one. The incomprehensibleness at Bethlehem, Judah. What is that? Now, listen to this. Now, you know this. This is so powerful. Listen to this. We've talked about it before, but listen to this. 
Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. This is a man whose going forth has been from of old from everlasting. That's God. There you have the humanity and the deity of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you what kind of prophecy this is. This is a complete prophecy because it has the first coming, the tribulation period, and the second coming of Christ. You see it in verses 1 through 4. If you study, if you study Scripture, you will know that verses 1 through 4, and if you want to look beyond uh, verse 5 and beyond, that's the millennial kingdom. So here's what you have. It's in order. It is in sequence. Okay? So it is uh, consecutive. It's a consecutive prophecy. It got the first coming of Christ, verse 2, tribulation period, verse 3, and then the second coming, verse 4, and then all the rest of them, the millennial kingdom. But then I want you to notice that not only is it consecutive, it's complete because Yahweh calls it done before it happened. How many years is it before Christ comes in this passage? 700 years. God gives it 700 years before he's ever born. So God calls the things that are not as though they are, Romans 4, 17b. What does that mean? That means that it's the person of God who implements the plan of God with the provision of God and the protection of God. You have all of that whenever you have a, a word from the Lord. But now, but if you look at what's going on here, hey, hey listen, what in the world is happening here with this uh, incomprehensibleness? What are you talking about, Pastor Ford? Uh, let, let me share it with you real quick. What's he doing? He's setting things up. Now, here's what I thought. I'm just going to tell you what I thought. It'd be pretty hard today uh, for the Lord to have Jesus born in this day and time. Ask me why. Where would he find a virgin? Where would he find a virgin? I want you to see what's going on here. Here he is, the first part, he's the son of man. The second part, he's the son of God. Now, as the son of man, he is controlled by time. But as the son of God, he controls time. So time controls him, son of man, son of God, he controls time. So you have this paradox. You know what it's called. You heard it a thousand times if you've been here any length of time. It's called the hypostatic union. He's 100% God, 100% man. So what's going on here? I say it this way. I ain't said it in a long time. I thought I'd regurgitate. There was his mama's side and his daddy's side. Anybody remember that? I know you do. His mama's side and dad's side. What do you mean? On his mama's side, uh, he was a baby. But on his daddy's side, he was the ancient of days. On his mama's side, he was 33 and a third years old. But on his daddy's side, uh, he was from everlasting to everlasting. Uh, for on his mother's side, he got thirsty. But on his daddy's side, he's the living water. And he said, if you will drink of me out of the inner most being will flow rivers of living water on his mama's side he got hungry and sat down by a well and uh sent his disciples to get him a uh, big mac number one supersize but on his daddy's side he said i am the bread of life on his mama's side he got tired sat down by that same well but but on his daddy's side he said they that wait on the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as an eagle they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint that's what he said and so here we have this prophecy, 700 years. This is no ordinary baby. This is no ordinary man. 
I walked through scripture and I wrote down what people said about him. John 7, 4, they said, never spake man like this man. Mark 4, 41, disciples said, like my wife when she first saw me, what manner of man is this? John 4, 29, she said, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Is this not the Christ? The people said, he does not speak like the scribes and the Pharisees. He speaks as one who has authority. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a man come from God because no man can do these things that you do except God sent him. The thief on the cross rebuked the other one and said, Lord, when you come into paradise, remember me. And the centurion soldier, somebody who does not know Israel's uh, covenants, who does not know circumcision, who does not have the commandment, standing on a hill called Calvary, watching uh, the Son of God die as the S-U-N bowed its head, looked up and said, truly, this was the Son of God. I wonder, do you recognize the significance of what's about to happen, what we're about to celebrate? Well, that's not when he was born. I know that. I'm going to tell you that. But guess what? I don't care what day he was born on. Uh, I just care that he was born. I don't celebrate a day. I celebrate the person. And I just join in uh, with the celebration because the world recognizes his birth. And I'm going to roll on that. And so don't tell me this stuff. I know it already. Don't tell me he wasn't born in. Don't tell me about the paganness. I don't celebrate it because of that. I celebrate it because now there's no other time when people are receptive to the gospel that's better than this time. People will listen to you now. So what you got to do is remember this Jesus' birthday. First of all, you got to give Jesus a gift first. At our house, since we've been Christians, nobody gets anything until we decide where Jesus' gift's going to go. Now, let me tell you what Jesus' gift is. Whatever we pay for getting gifts for everybody, Jesus' gift got to be bigger than that. And so, here's all I want to say. Go. Tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go. Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Pastor James Ford Jr. with the conclusion of a message entitled, A Little Town of Bethlehem. We're listening to Treasure Truth, and we're glad to be sharing Christmas with you. And we hope that whatever you're doing right now, whether uh, maybe you're in the car to visit some friends or family, you're cleaning up the kitchen after a big meal, or just relaxing, enjoying the day, I hope that you have some sense of God's presence as you celebrate the birth of His Son. Well, here on Treasure Truth, we're committed to telling the good news about Jesus using every means possible. And when you join us as a monthly partner, well, that's what your gift is used for. Together, we can proclaim the name of Jesus more effectively than we could on our own. In fact, this ministry wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for you and your support. If you're already a part of the family of monthly partners, know that you have our thanks. But if you'd like to become a monthly partner today, you can call us right now. The number is 888-644-7660 or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. And when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, you're also going to benefit from a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. 
Now, this discount is just another way that we can equip you to follow Jesus in the coming year. And it's not just a one-time offer. Your discount can be used whenever you please and on as many items as you'd like for as long as you remain a monthly partner. Contact us today to become a monthly partner and begin using your 50% discount. Just call us at 888-644-7660 or go to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. And from Pastor Ford and everyone here, have a very Merry Christmas. And join us again tomorrow for more Bible teaching here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.